You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Thursday, 13th of January, 2022. You're the punter and the dribbler, they say. Eddie and Avoca, Tom's still in Bellevue Hill. Neither one of us with COVID. How are you? Good, bro. I'm fucking good. We've had a couple of good days of weather, so I'm tip top. Uh, The sun beat down upon me yesterday. I loved it. Obviously, not for too long. I'm more of a 20-minute sort of operator, I think. If I was to give you a number, Tom, probably a 20-minute guy, and then I I retreat to deep, deep shade. Yeah, deep shade. Well, you don't... uh... I think too that, old for it, bro. Yeah, too old. Too the old sun, the sun has a greater effect on the age on, on the older skin. Like it gets you I way th- quicker. I think. I think part of it is that Tom. I think as you grow older, you have a deeper, more profound respect for the sun and for the sun's work. Yeah, and for what the sun's capable of. Because by the time you're thirty, nearing thirty-one, Tom, you've seen some burns. Mm-hmm. You've experienced your own burns, but you've also seen burns, yep. seen burns on others. My sister in Byron got burnt to within an inch of her life, like boiled up bad, just played one of the great shockers known to mankind. Um, and it was just another reminder, a gentle one. Well, not a gentle not one. Not gentle. An intense one yeah. that the sun not to be fucked with. So I never fuck with it. No, I never you can't. Fuck with it. I was I in put the- my, I put my 50 plus on time. put yeah. my 50 plus on. I get a, I, I get a, a bit of warming up. Into the water, come out, bit of a tan, 20 minutes max, under the shade, seat, book, away we go. Yeah, that's the way that's to do it. Done. I was in the sun. I had an unsuspecting, it was after we did a podcast, I think towards the end of last year, and it was, I was going home and Steph was like, oh, I'm down at Redleaf. I was like, all right, I'll skip down then quickly. You know, one of the perks of the podcast heap and where you sit on it is that mm. I can just pull a fucking handbrake on the day and go, you know what? I'm going to quickly nip down to the beach. You're not a bad so. skipper either. Huh? You're not a bad skipper. I can skip with the best of them, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. So I got down there and I was in the sun for no more than 20. And then that afternoon it was like, oh, fuck. My alabaster skin ain't what it used to be. And I was burnt to shit. Burnt Did you cream up shit. though? No, I didn't cream up. Well, mate, you can't be in the sun for 20 minutes without cream. Expect... You know, to be fine and dandy. I th- look. I agree with you, but I also don't because I feel like you can. There's like a you can maybe do like a little bit of a power, a power tan, a power. I think 15 maybe. minutes. I yeah. think you got 15 minutes, depending on the time of year, obviously, because that dictates the direction, the angle of the sun. Tom, I don't want to get too specific, but in winter, the angle of the sun lower in the sky, less effective. It's got to get through right more of, fucking ozone or some shit to actually get to you. In summer, it's right above you. It's panning into the ground. Yeah. So if you're in the summer months, you got 15 minutes tops, bro, before you start to burn. I learned. Depending and on the skin, obviously. Yeah, I haven't been back out there without cream. There was a, and this is no, you know, again, we know now as, as aging, wise old men that the sun, not to be trifled with, when you're young, dumb, and full of calm, you just want to, yeah, I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe with the sun. Never come, I've never beaten the sun. You've never come off uh, better than the sun has. But, I, the, the, you know, when you're younger, it was a bit like you needed one good, not good burn, but you got one burn out of the way early in summer. You got tanned as shit. And then, basically, you were like, all right, come at me. I'm good now. Yeah. Well, it's the bravado of youth, Tom. Yeah. 
And you could get a couple of early burns in, and that would set up your base for a really strong, summer. dark summer. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it done. Yeah. And it can be done, but. It's just not worth it anymore. It's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it anymore. It just, it beats you down, the sun. It beats you down. The tan also not so much for you. Like it is because it you you can, you know, you see yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, it's nicer to see a tan Tommy or a tan Eddie. You're you've got a pretty natural tan year round anyway, but a tan certainly for yourself looks better. But really, when you're young and you're single or you're young and you know, you just it's you and you miss out, like you're free and you're going out and this and that. You know, a tan's for everyone else. You want everyone else to feel at ease and go, oh, God, it's nice to have that tanned fucking individual around. But now I just like, you know, you don't give a shit. It's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some people get can get offended by, you know, really pasty people, but I, as I've grown older, am not one of them. I once had a, uh, a summer. This would have been only a couple of years ago and I was living in Bondi, pre-babies though, obviously, so I had time to tan. And it was one of those ones where I must have had like a particularly large amount of free time, or at least I dedicated a significant amount of time to just fucking getting horizontal on the beach. But we went to a wedding. I must have been like, I've seen a photo of it the day, like the day where I peaked, where the tan literally, I was like a fucking brown cookie. And I was like, I went to this wedding and a friend of the show, Tim, uh, Tim Wheatley, he was, uh, it was his sister's wedding and I got there and he like for the whole night, he was like, I can't take you seriously how tanned you are. Like he just kept coming up to me and saying, all right, he was like, you are ridiculously tanned. Like it's not normal. It doesn't look like, it wasn't even like it looked bad, but it was just like, you look ridiculous because it's, you're not, you're not a, you're not this tanned. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is absurd. And I never, this isn't it. you, this isn't you. You're not this tanned guy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I never forgot did he it. did he did he suspect that it was fake that it was maybe induced yeah I think yes. he I think he was probably asking those questions like this isn't were they asked directly yeah well look we've got a very good relationship and I think that he felt comfortable enough to ask me straight out have you been sitting in a solarium for eight months to which I was like listen no no I haven't I've been pounding the sun into the earth or at least trying to. The reality is the sun pounds you. You do not pound the sun. Uh, quote that one up, punters, dribblers. Anyway, that's my tan story for the day, Eddie. That's my tan story. I will tell you this, though. Great story. If I could tell you this. Now, you know that I'm 32. 32 yeah, I know this that. year, sadly. Uh, you know no, that you're already 32. 33, 33 this year. 33. 33 this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the point of the story, but it is hectic. Father of two, you know, if you were to look at me, if you were to, you know, I guess, you know, the general perception of me is just like brute, raw masculinity, broad shoulders, fucking facial hair, you know, physical, physicality, right? Yeah, presence. Presence, you know, that sort of a vibe. I, as you know, been locked in with COVID uh, last week. I had one, well, last night. It's not so, I mean, I kind of already had COVID gone. I don't want to blame it on COVID. But I caught myself in basically alone on the couch, pounding a vape, pounding away on a vape. Mm, I, I noticed you've got one. Yeah. 
And I watched the entire first season of Emily in Paris by myself. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> as soon as you said first season, I'm like, he's going to say Emily in Paris. I've just got a feeling. I know you too well. That's what happens when you when you know a bloke for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they're about. Yeah. You know what makes them tick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the entire first season. And? I can't fault it. I can't fault it. You can't it. fault it. I can't right. fault it. Now, listen, like, you know, you and I purvey as a fine rom-comery, <laughs> and this is a rom-com TV show. Now, is it as funny as, you know, your elite rom-coms of the world? No. Is it certainly more, like, female-based? Yes. Would most of the, the the male punters and dribblers here listening today who have seen it been more of situationally forced to watch it because of their miso? I would imagine so. My Steph, beautiful wife Steph, was in bed watching Ted Lasso, a sports show, while I chose to sit on the couch till, and I'm embarrassed to say this, Eddie, 2 a.m., <laughs> and you did. You knocked it out of the park. I knocked it out. One sitting, season one. All eyes now That's, turn to season two. All eyes turn to season two. Uh, we what? What drew you in? Obviously, it's on the sort of the home pagery screen of Netflix. Yeah, I think because season two just come out, they're trying to force it on the punter and on bump the it dribbler. up the algorithm. Obviously, obviously, the algorithm identifies a purveyor of fine rom-comery and says, well, Emily in Paris is this guy's vibe. Yeah. But with, with, with Cheer Season 2 having just come out, have you seen Cheer Season 1? Haven't seen Cheer. Never heard of it. I thought it was like well, Cheer. We, get, we can Ted get to Dancing. Cheer after that. Okay. But what drew you into Emily in Paris? Well, listen. So, it's a great name. It's a great name. I love Paris. Not that mm. I've been, but I love French shit, you know, rosés, champagne, yeah. whatever. But it was that pastries, pastries, fine pastries. I just got the vibe that it was going to be easy watching. Like I have, and there's nothing wrong with like you know emotional shows that make you think and make you feel shit. I certainly enjoy those too. Don't I don't love a movie that's going to make me cry. There's enough going on in the world at the moment where I'm like, I don't need to cry today uh, if I can avoid it. So I just knew it was something lighthearted. You know when you've pounded through everything? Like there, I know that I haven't pounded through everything, but I know, and I know there's like infinite amounts of content on Netflix, Disney, fucking Amazon Prime, Stan, whatever the fuck. All the, all the, the streaming giants. But sometimes it feels like you've got, there's so much, there's nothing there to watch. Mate, I, I couldn't agree more. The amount of times on this holiday that Ella and, Ella and I have sat down to watch something and there's been nothing there. You end up like, scrolling for on? like 20 minutes and it's like, have you picked something what's, yet? What's going on? I haven't, there's no way I've seen every movie on Netflix. It's just, it's not possible. No. And, and I'm finding myself going, what, what is this? Where are all the shows that people talk about that I haven't watched yet? Where are, where are all the goodies? The more options even, you have, the harder it is showing, to find something. It didn't even seem to be showing shows that I've watched before. I'm like, where is everything? Have they taken everything off? Couldn't work it out. Yeah. And then you sit there for so long, you go, well, it's fucking, it's quarter to 12. I haven't picked anything. No, I've spent the whole Ella's night now scrolling. Ella's now asleep, so now I can go back to Red Notice, which I've been watching in 15-minute increments. Yeah. So it's taking time. <laughs> yeah, you'll be done by the start of Feb. 
But that's because Ella and I try to agree on something. She inevitably falls to sleep having scrolled through the entire catalogue and then it's time for Red Notice for 15 years. Yeah, and That's sort of how my nights are going. And you know what I've Not done. a bad movie. It's No, no, it's not a bad movie. Shout out to The Rock. I also watched, uh, Steph and I watched Jungle Cruise on Disney. Is also, it good? It's not bad. You know, like it's, again, it's like, and I'm not comparing it to Hook because there is no comparison and nothing compares to Hook, but... It's that same sort of like absurd fantasy shit where I'm like, I can sit here, half pay attention, pay attention, not pay attention, check in and out, and it's just a bit of fun. Listen, The Rock can make some good movies. He's as good as it gets, but he can make some movies. I'll tell you this, Eddie. Emily in Paris, clearly, obviously not made for... Have you seen it? No. Okay. I've watched 15 minutes, probably the first 15 minutes. With Ella, and then she's she's marched onwards into the good night. Yes, and Steph has seen it as well, I think. But I had I've floated Emily in Paris before. I'm not going to lie to her, and she's been like, "No." So I'm like, "Okay." And then she went and watched it without me, and then it was like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to do this thing myself." I was. It's clearly made for chicks. Every single man in that show or I'll say 98% of the males in this show, French and fucking gorgeous. You're like, okay, well, this is clearly not my target demo. I'm, you know, I'm coming out of this thing a little insecure about myself because these men are just like, you know, like I'm looking at some of these and I'm like, there are people in this world, obviously chicks, it's, you know, we, we admire as heterosexual men chicks from like afar in the sense of like, you know, that's our proclivity. But then when you see these dudes, you're like, I can't believe that men can be this fucking good looking. Like, just <laughs> absurdly hot. Like, the main protagonist guy. Again, with a French accent, though, I think that's more where it is. You can be well, that hot. Well, it's foreign, Tom. It's a bit naughty. It's a bit, you know. But is there anything hotter than a French elusive. accent? I don't think there I is. Like, I don't yeah. think there's anything hotter than a French accent. I like English accents. Yeah, some of them. Obviously, they range massively. Yeah, yes. but some of them I like. But I don't think there's a there's like English accent. You can have a hot one, not many, but maybe like a Keira, not even Kira Knightley. I don't know the fuck. But like, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's like an unattractive French accent nowhere in the world. Unless it's like really thick, and it's like I can't understand you. Well, you can't understand them anyway because they're French. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. But are they speaking English or French? Oh, yeah, sorry. That makes sense. Um, well, they are speaking English in the show. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a thick French accent speaking French really throws me off. <laughs> I can't understand a word this fucker's saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, I just I felt like I needed to be honest with you about where, Tom, where I'm at. Thurs- the Thursday pod has always been about honesty. Yeah. All our podcasts have been. It's about being transparent with the punter and the dribbler. But on Thursday, it's where we bear our soul a little more. Yeah. I think that's what we like to do. I also have been enjoying uh, some very good television overnight. Cheers season one, which I'm surprised you haven't watched, took the world by storm, Tom. The story of a small little town in fucking butt fuck nowhere in Texas somewhere. True story? Known for not 
True story. Navarro College, I think, punters and dribblers, known for one thing and one thing only, and that's good on us cheering, Tom. Cheerleading. Cheerleading. Leading. But these cheer. guys are elite. Oh, yeah. Leading cheer. Obviously, cheerleading has its roots firmly planted in the supporting of teams, but there is a degree of athleticism in it. A lot of them have gymnast backgrounds, for example, and the best of the best in the country, at least. That's the way it's portrayed in the in the show. Mm. Go to Navarro College to cheer and cheer well at a high level. And there's some characters in it that are fucking great. And before you go on, I've, just quickly, can you hear a fuckload of noise on my end of the spectrum here? There's some building going around. No. Nah. And I'm like, is someone just hammering scaffolding? Because it's fucking I'm but if you can't hear it, I will just be I can't hear it. Okay, sweet. Carry on. Navarro, Texas. People leading the cheer. Some of the greatest cheerleaders what the world's ever seen, or is this a, a best in the country? Oh, well, I mean, best in the country, I assume, the world, Tom. Americans like to cheer and cheer well. They'd be the... the I mean, look, you and I go to Manly games all the time, and I'm not knocking the Seabirds, Tom. I'm not knocking their work. No. Because they're incredible, and they're an ornament to the game. Yeah. But... Well, they're an ornament to cheering. They're an ornament. Well, they're an, they're an ornament to Australian cheering, yeah. and there is a difference. Australian cheering is more about dancing. Mm. They obviously lean heavily on the assistance of the pom pom, yes, which is a great tool. The pom pom does some serious heavy lifting when mediocre cheer is afoot. You know, like that's if, exactly right. If you're and not, if you're not up to it from a cheer standpoint, mm. uh, uh, some some rustle, rustling pom poms, bit of color. It's a distraction. It's yes. a distraction. Here, here, eyes over here. It's like sleight of hand. Look over here. Look out <laughs> over here. Ignore the shit stuff. Look at the pom pom. Because if I were to remove the pom poms from the Australian cheer setup, Tom, I wouldn't. No, I you won't. <laughs> but if I was to, yeah then you would see mediocrity everywhere. Yeah. And I, it pains me to say it, but mm. it's true. Yep. It's always been true. It's mediocrity. Yep. And that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Now, the American cheer scene, more about the gymnastics, I think, the tumbling. Yes. The, well, the, the, throwing. the throwing. It's athletic. It's athletic. Then it is about the dancing. So there's a big difference. They don't lean too heavily on the pom-pom over there. It's not really their bread and butter. Their bread and butter is the throwing and yep. the flipping yep. at Al. <clears throat> so a lot of characters came out of the show. They blew up on Instagram. Oh, you they, know what? Maybe, I have heard about this from a while ago, though. It's a, it's maybe a relatively I've, old yeah, show. This is, year, this is years old. Yeah, years okay. old. Maybe, maybe I followed a couple of them on Instagram. Tom. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd find myself searching up what they're doing. Bruh, I went, I, and did a, I went and did a deep dive on every single main character in Emily in Paris, so don't well, worry. Well, it'd be rude. It'd be rude not to, Tom. Yeah. It'd be fucking rude not to. Yeah. But I did sort of slip from my periphery. I did say to Ella the other day, I don't know if I'd been pumped with subliminal messaging. Maybe I had. But I said to her, I wish there was another season of Cheer. I said it maybe five days ago as I was scrolling through the entire catalogue like I expressed before. Then to my amazement, as I hop into bed last night, what pops up? Cheer, season two, just came out. I'm like, holy fuck, here we go. The start wasn't really what I'd expected. One of the main characters, Jerry, who was like famous for his what's termed mat talk, Tom, when he'd be like pumping you up and shit. 
Oh, so like his his fucking uh, you know, I guess like his uh his um he's like hype. Yeah, he's hype guy. His hype is like he's Mr. Hype guy. I'm not gonna really get into it because I don't know exactly what's happened, but look like he might be involved in some really dark stuff. Oh and I'm no. Like, oh, Jerry, what have you done? No. What have you done, Jerry? You've developed a relationship with Jerry and now he's gone and let well, everyone you Everyone loved Jerry. Jerry was universally loved, loved by the people. Oh, fuck. He'd been like invited into his into the this this beautiful people's home because he didn't have any money and his family like abandoned him and shit and he was like mr hype guy and he hadn't made matt yet tom which means that he's on the sideline supporting him. and then at the end he makes matt which means he's like goes and wins all this stuff oh. like, good stuff only for me to learn like right out of the fucking gates that jerry might have been doing some shit with some underage people and i'm like oh Ooh. jerry jerry that's not good matt talk it's like, it's, it's shit, Matt talk, mate. doesn't stack up. So I don't know what's happening. I'm going to find out. Believe that. So how many eps are you but into? I'm, again, Tom, you got to understand. You're in Bellevue Hill. I'm, I'm doing, laying out on the beach all day. The sun saps. Oh, we're getting some lag here, bros. You're lagging. You've cut out a couple of times. I can't hear you. I know. You're back? I'm back. Yeah, you're back. The sun saps was, I believe, where you left me. The sun saps you of energy. Right. Just fucking rips it out of you. And if you pile on a few margaritas, a few beers, a few seltzers, then... By fucking quarter to 11, I'm fucked. So yeah. I only got halfway through the episode. And I'm like, we're going to pack it up. got to pack it up. Can't, you, can't get, you can't get through a full lap. Now, do you fall asleep with it on? Or are you no. a turn it off? No, no, no. My body goes, it's time, bro. It's time. <laughs> off I go. Thanks for coming. But I will keep you abreast, Tom, of what's happening with Jerry. Well, is Jerry because... even featured in second season? Are they following Jerry's trip to prison? Well, Jerry's been mentioned, Tom. Jerry's been mentioned and he was been, and he has been filmed and shit. Cause he was supposed to go away to a new college, but he ends up coming back. I think the notoriety of the fame got to his head and he wanted to come back for a little, another nibble on the pie. So I get that. You get that. Well, I can understand. Um, but I hope the punter and the dribbler has found this enlightening. Tom. Well, look, I think it just, what it is, is look, don't be ashamed uh, to own your truth because I think that, you know, yeah, sure. Let we all like a bit of red notice, muscly, shoot him up, fucking yeah, aggression, jump off a helicopter, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, quick, yeah. get the stolen. Look, eggs. I, I like, I like Band of Brothers as much as the next guy, Tom. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can, I can watch the tough stuff. We can watch tough Game stuff. Thrones, you know what I mean? Fucking the Sopranos come at me, but from time to time, we need to be honest about what we crave. On the inside, Tom. Yeah. Where the feelings are. The heart wants and what the heart wants. The heart wants what the heart wants. And sometimes you need a tremie, uh, a cheesy American drama about cheerleading to get you through the night. Yeah. Or a... Shame in that. Very, uh, a very pithy popcorn soft drink show like Emily in Paris, not made for you, made mainly for women and, and probably gay men. Um, that basically is all up. There's no, it's not sad. You don't have to feel a thing. It's just lighthearted. Like when something goes wrong, it's like, oh, 
they lost a $2 million watch. Oh, no. And then before you know it, the watch is back. And it's been a happy fucking, it was funny, easy. And by funny, is it fucking, is it, you know, is it Ricky Gervais in the office? No. Is it Tom's got fuck all to do tonight funny? Yes. Is it Tom's ordered a pizza shamefully on the couch? Also has a box of chocolates that fucking is... Lovely mother-in-law may or may not have left in the house, and he's got about twelve hundred puffs left on his on his vape. <laughs> got about sure. twelve hundred puffs left on his vape, and he, he hasn't left the house in a few days. Then it's one of the funniest shows you'll see, mixed in with some sex, hot people. You know, like sign All me up. All the good stuff. I tell you what, it is Tom. It's a bit of you time, and the punter and the dribbler need to remember that. Working into twenty twenty two is that you need to set aside time for you time. Yep. And in my opinion, you time doesn't involve feeling anxious or uncomfortable with what you're watching or sad. Don't be confronted by your innermost thoughts. It's about switching off. Yeah. I get awkward, so awkward in TV shows, Tom, sometimes. I have to pause it. It does Ella's head in. She's like, bro, this is a TV show. I'm like, I know. I know. (laughs) What do you mean? I'm like, this is awkward, pause it. And I have to like... (laughs) You know, I have to get myself ready. Can you give me an example of like awkward? Are we talking about in like a serious show or in like a dumb show? doesn't matter. Well, it's, well, okay. What's an example? Like the first time I watched Love Actually, when you're realizing that Snape, Severus Snape, Alan Rickman is fucking over his wife with the necklace thing as she's unwrapping and I'm like... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> too much, too much. Like, I've got to pause this thing and like gather yourself I've got to gather myself and Ella's like it's not real bro <laughs> I'm like I know that but it's still making me feel things that I'm not enjoying yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah sorry that I feel deeply yeah yeah well I, I do feel deeply and if you wanted an example I just gave you one but shit like that but even stuff that's a bit awkward I'm like pause it that's fucking hilarious, dude. Is it weird? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's silly. Weird. It's silly. It's weird, but it is what it is, man. It's life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. life. Yeah. I might I mean I might have paused I might have paused Love Island a couple of times when we're watching reruns on Channel Nine, whatever, nine now. Nine now. Like, might have paused Love Actually a couple or Love Island a couple of times. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, that I feel like that is gonna that's awkward city on that show. Yeah, it is. I it's haven't watched that. Awesome. Is that worth me dedicating periods of my life to, large swathes of my life? I wouldn't go back to it, Tom. I wouldn't I watch it twice, you, I, but I mean like... Well, I th- No, well, I think if you live in the moment, Tom, if you live in the moment and you know that maybe you're a day or two behind, I'd support it to go back to a show that was aired October through November last year. Maybe a bit late. You'd have to be pretty fucking dry on content. <laughs> you'd have to be. You'd have to be pretty dry. Yeah. Okay. In a drought dry. of sorts, content. In drought. a drought of sorts. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. But how are you, mate? You, you're over your your sickness. You've recovered. Kicked you're healthy. Kicked you're well. It back. I haven't exercised or anything yet because I'm still like, yeah. I think you know your body still takes some time to recover, but I am back. Got managed to get out of the house, which is nice. Uh, hit some golf balls, which was nice. You know, just trying to trying to keep the legs ticking over as as we know you and I march 
and prepare an assault on 2022 golf in general. So just trying to, you know, hit a couple of balls, keep the body fucking moving over. I, I bumped into, quite fortuitously, friend of the show, Henry Wells, at the driving range, which is just like, I don't know, I would assume that doesn't happen that often, but I was going, I was like, I'm heading to the range, anyone want to come? And I was already on my way when I sent that message, and then Henry just sent back a photo. He's just got a fresh bucket of balls, ready to pound someone. I was like, well, this is beautiful. Two friends, both recently defeated COVID, now bulletproof in the community for at least a couple of months. Just well, until another variant, Tom. Well, until... Well, no, I think that you would still have immunity, not to get into it, surely, right? Like, if you've got immunity, you've got immunity. Or is it like, if there's a new variant... I'm well, Ella's sister's had it twice. Well, I don't think you're immune forever. But, like, how quickly, how quickly has Ella's sister had the two? Well, she had Alpha and Omicron. Yeah, see, uh, I've got another friend who had Alpha, which is the Wuhan strain, right? Mm. Mm. And then the origi, di- yeah. the origi did. Yeah, well, that's two years, dude. I'm not, I'm not expecting to be uh, bulletproof for two years, but I'm right. Certainly, now for at least a month or so, like I'm going to assume that I am. Fucking Surely you can't get it two months apart. That's what I mean. So I reckon I can now move about the community bulletproof, yeah. COVID proof. Yeah. Which you would have anyway, but sure. Of course I would have, but now I'm COVID proof. So, you know. But are you are you are you trying to suggest you've got a bit of a pep in your step? Is that is that what you're getting at? Well, I'm just I was just saying that, you know, me and Henry both COVID proof currently, so we were able to move out around the community. Like if you did before I had COVID, it was like I didn't really care, but you're still definitely more like, ooh. I wonder who's got it around me. Or every single time you check in somewhere, like you can't check in anywhere now without eventually getting a message back from the government going, you may have been there around the same time as someone who had it. Mm. Right? Like you just, yeah. that's just fucking, yeah, that just happens. So now I'm like, come at me. Uh, but anyway, range, two good friends, breaking bread, pounding balls, talking shit. But I've sort of worked out, and it was, I say I, but Henry sort of, you know, helped me understand this, that there is a limit to, there's like a Goldilocks zone of balls you should get at a driving range before it becomes counterproductive to any form of improvement. And we're, we're, we're sort of starting to see that maybe that's around 80, 80, I think it's 80 balls you get, an 80 ball bucket. Get 140. I was gonna. Bucket. I was. I was gonna say. I was gonna say around 90 balls. Yeah. I think is is the absolute max for me, because you lose form. Tom. You lose form. Your you body lose concentration. To, yeah. Your You're body right, starts your to body. fall apart at the same. Your body falls apart. Yeah. My elbow started hurting randomly. Then my back, and I'm over fucking doing this. I'm not doing this right. But like the first 80. You just, you know, pick a club, pound through a few. All right, that's feeling good. Let's move on. Dirt, 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 dirt. By the end of it, it's like, fuck, my, I might happy Gilmore this one. Like, you just don't really give a shit. So I'm, I'm thinking 80 balls, Eddie, is the Goldilocks zone for a range session. And I think that sure, I, I, I just, you know. Again, this is about growth. Growth in golf. And I just wanted to let the punter and the dribbler know that I think I found the Goldilocks zone for balls at a range. And it's eighty. What are you? What are you hitting well? What what club are you loving? You know what's funny? I'm not hitting the driver well at all. Not that that's funny. Why is that funny? No, no, no. I'll that's like the hardest club in the bag. Not funny. That's not funny. I've always hit. I've always found the driver to be 
the easiest for me because I'm basically not skilled and I just use my heft, right? Do you hit left or right? Right. Be left-handed. I know. But I well, see, I'm a bit of a weirdo though. I throw a ball right-handed, I write left-handed. Left, I, the only thing I do left really is right. You don't throw left-handed? No. I, look. That's weird. I can, can throw, I, yeah, I can. I can, but it's not that good. But it's probably better than most people with their other hand. Sure. I'm semi I'm glad we cleared that up. I'm yeah, glad yeah. we cleared that up. No, no, we needed to. Um, but I can hit, basically, I was hitting them just as far with like a fucking six iron as I was with a driver, which was just pissing me off. It just infuriated me. So I, I put the driver away. Had to put it away. Hey, did you get a hybrid? No, didn't. Only because I thought like, firstly, I hate them, but I hated them before I started getting some advice on how to play golf. I used Henry's hybrid and I may have changed my opinion on hybrids uh, forever. I do like them. I love them. Yeah. I love them. But I... Um, it was just a, it was a frustrating experience for me having to sheathe Boss, Boss being my driver, Boss being my driver. You've named him Boss. After my Thai masseuse of the same name, <laughs> my gay Thai masseuse Boss, who's one of the great masseuses of all time. So it's an ode. It's an ode to Boss. Dude, Boss changed my life, and now yeah. I'm hoping that my driver Boss can change my golfing life. Yeah. Massage some balls around the course. I think that's beautiful, mate. Any Maybe exercise? Barbecue. No. Fuck no. I don't want to exercise on my holidays. Now, I respect people that do. I walk the dog because i got to walk him and I love him. And we're best mates. Yeah. And he likes walking. It's bonding time for us. But I won't saddle up and go for a run on holidays. I'll tell you why, Tom. I don't like exercise as much as I like flopping i get that so on my holiday i'm not going to put myself through or in a situation that i'm not like 100 percent about mm. now that doesn't mean i don't enjoy exercise i do but not on holidays i don't it's not my vibe it's not what gets me going it i think if you had i think if you were at a place like a resort and they have like a gym where you know, probably maybe wouldn't like, go. Probably wouldn't go. I reckon probably I would. Like, I don't mind the idea of like being able to tick the legs over on like a bike or a fucking you know, go and just try and sweat it out somewhere. Now, I mean, it's very you know, well and good for me to. But you know how this. I, you know how I sweat it out on holidays, and they had this in Byron. I just nip into the steam room, baby. Well, that too. That's good. Get a fucking serious sweat on, then you have a cold shower, and then you feel a million bucks. It's the same as working out, but you don't have to do anything. You just sit there. It's good stuff. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm actually thinking I'm, I'm perusing some, and rightly or wrongly, this could be like, you know, and it's not about New Year's. I've been looking at, at these for a while, but I know like this time of the year is probably uh, the most lucrative, obviously for your gym membership signups, but also like your at-home gym equipment purchases. What are you thinking? A couple of things. You got a door? You got a gym? No, not one of those because I don't trust that either. You fucking... Best believe that I'll rip a goddamn like tracing off around a door. Door frame's gonna fall off if I start using those door gyms. Plus, I hate chin ups. Um, don't have the shoulders for them, or the arms, or the elbows, or the joints. Not strong enough. But I'm looking at an assault bike. 
Not yeah, okay. Assault bikes are there. They'll fuck you. They mean business. Oh fuck yeah. Assault bikes mean business, bro. Yes. The gym I was at, you had to like pump out like thirty k, thirty cows or twenty cows or whatever, like in that sort of order. And you know the big boys, your Jordan Supers of the world, shout out to him, friend of the show, would just get onto this thing and murder it yes. into the fucking ground and just pump out thirty cows in like three seconds. And I'm on there, literally on death's door, grinding for every cow, for every cow. Yeah, I like the idea of. Sorry, carry on. You just cut out. They keep you honest. Assault bikes keep you honest. As honest as any machine will. I put it ahead of the erg in terms of honesty keeping. Really? That terrifies me. I didn't... Because you're an erg guy. You're a former rower. And I hate the fucking erg. So that's already already kind of freaked me out a little bit. Assault bikes are... They're, they're mean fucking yeah. things, dude. But that's kind of what I want because, like, I find... So, you know, I've been running the stairs down near my house and I'll do, like, stairs and then the push-ups and dips and all this shit. And by the end of it, I'm absolutely fucked, yes. But I want to be, like, dripping in fucking sweat. Like, I like those... I like those experiences more where you're like, I have just absolutely drilled myself... So the assault bike is certainly it's in a cart somewhere on a website on my computer. It's in a cart. What I do they cost? Are they expensive? They're not cheap. Fifteen hundred. So I'm like, you know, Steph's like, what are you talking about getting an assault bike? I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to get an assault bike. Thinking of turning the office into a bit of a gym. She's like, well, but then what, what are we doing with the office? And I'm like, well, it could be both. She's like, okay, all right, mate. I was like, you can there's do not a whole lot of room in there. There's not a shitload of room. There's actually no room right now. Um, the other thing I'm looking at, Eddie, and this may surprise, this probably won't yeah. surprise anyone, but also it probably will if you have seen me on the beach at Clavelli. But maybe a boxing bag. Jarch keeps sending in videos of him fucking pounding away on the bag, or at least he's after he's been on the bag, and I'm like, he looks like a sweaty- Where would you hang it? Well, I would be having it as an outdoor one. This one, this is one where it's a bit more like, what are you I doing? I understand that, but where are you going to hang it? Or so, are you talking about like one of those like... Free... Back here? No, yeah, yeah. Speed back. Yeah, I'm going to get one of those... No, just uh, like you can get... You know, I mean, this is going to be very like... Unfucking... This won't make sense to anyone else who hasn't been to my house. But the outdoor area where the that table and chairs was... Yes, I understand. There's no longer a table and chairs there because all of the people that live in this building have moved out except for us. So before anyone else moves in, I claim that space with a bag and maybe a freestanding. And then I'm out there. Making no improvements. Where are you going to hang the bag? You get a stand to hang it. So like I'm not hanging it off. It's on a stand. Yeah. So it won't swing. No, it'd swing. It'd be like, imagine how it hangs. Like, if this is the thing the bag's hanging to, this is the arm. Oh, and then right. It connects yeah, to yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I've never seen one like that. Well, they aren't easy to find. So <laughs> that makes sense. Forgive me if you can hear my cat, Louie. Louie killed his first rat the other day, by the way, as well. Nice. Wasn't a bandicoot? No. No, no. It was just a good, honest garden rat. And he left it at the front door for me to pick up, which was. Not great, but I'm glad that I got to it before Evie did. Is that way? Of, is it? Is that his way of gifting you? Yeah, no, that's what they do. He usually just brings in dead skinks and lizards and shit. Um, 
As as in like as an offering? Yeah, well, just as a like, yo, dad, check out what I've done. You know, much the way you might bring a positive like test result at school back to your parents and be like, hey, I passed. Whereas Louis like, oi, check out this uh, this lizard I killed. So he's killed a he's killed a garden rat, not to be mistaken for a bush rat, not to be mistaken for a bandicoot. Um, and he's just left it on the doorstep for us. Unbelievable. Yeah. Shout out to Louis. Shout out to bush rats. Shout out to garden rats. Shout out to bandicoots. Yeah. I wanted to say this, Tom. I wanted to say this. You and I like to keep a close eye on Australians out there doing the damn thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, of late, our attention has turned to the glow up of Bernard Tomic, formerly of Only Stuff, Only Fans fame, now born again as the real Bernard Tomic. Yeah. Born again, Bernie. Born again, Bernie. After he was pumped 6164 to a relative nobody in round one of Australian Open qualifying after people pulled out to allow him in, was there a transformation or was it a wall pull? Well, he, if you believe Bernie and I choose to, <laughs> he was coming down with COVID. Yeah. Now, I will say this to Bernie, right? Because he gave himself in that in the mid-game, he's getting pumped. 6-1 first set. I think it was 2-love or 2-1 in the, in the second, getting flogged. Down a break, Tom. Down a break. He said, if I don't have COVID in three days, I'll buy you lunch or dinner. Dinner. Dinner to the umpire. If I don't have it, I'll buy you dinner. If I do have it, you buy me dinner. Having had COVID, having felt the lead up, having felt COVID come on, you don't... I don't think you're feeling it three days out. I don't think you're feeling COVID coming on three days out. You're feeling COVID coming on basically the day you get it. Maybe the night before. Your nose starts to run. You get well, no one more qualified snooze. to talk about it than you, Tom. Yeah. No one more qualified. So you're saying that Bernie should have been testing there and then all the day, all the next day. I'm just Not saying, I'm just, well, he was upset that he wasn't getting PCR'd out the asshole the whole, t the whole, the whole time. I just don't know whether, look, maybe he had it. It's going around. I don't know if you've heard. COVID's going around. So maybe he did have it. Hard to know. I'm prepared to, to lean on, you know, born-again Bernie here and go, if he says he has COVID, I'll believe him. But three days out, you're calling it? It's a big call. It's a big call. It's a big call. And the Instagram stories, the Instagram videos, the Instagram reels on the way into the match, Tom, didn't suggest a whiff of COVID being on the horizon. I no. think that if you're sick going in, I think you might be prepare the fan, the punter and the dribbler for what's to come. Mm. He didn't say that. He said the calm before the storm. He it's was, him on the bullish. court hitting balls, getting ready, getting polished, looking good. He's up at 6 a.m. He's lifting weights. He's hitting balls again. Not partying. He's a, man. He's a new Bernie. And the only person that can stop him, Tom, the only one that can get in his way is himself. He never mentioned COVID on the pump-up video. Mm -mm. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't put COVID as an issue as to why he couldn't succeed. He said it was all up to him. Mm. 
So interesting that he should deflect to COVID three days out as the reason for his poor showing. Poor showing. But I'm not. I'm not surprised. Am I surprised in the context of the Bernie Tomic 2.0 version, the yeah. real Bernard Tomic? Does it does it does it vibe with that guy? Not really. The it's probably up. more. It's probably more an old Bernard sort of pull or card to play. The comeback hype up certainly had me believing. So I was shocked when he got when he got pumped the way he did because I was. You watched those well, Bernie. Were pump you up shocked? Videos. Were you shocked? I wasn't. I thought Bernie was coming back. I thought he was. I didn't think he was six one six four, Eddie. I didn't think he was going to get six one six four. Tell me you saw the video that they made of his coach or friend or trainer or whoever the fuck it was show, handing him the phone, showing him who he'd be playing. And he's like, did you see that? No, I didn't. It was so fucking good. Like that's what is up. I think probably more than anything, what I'm most upset about Tom is that we may well lose really, really good content off the back of his exit. Well, because he's gone, he's gone. Like the more he won, the better it would have got. It would have been so fucking good. Yeah. And now he's gone He's gone dark online, on social. He's gone really dark. He hasn't posted anything. No, and he's made his account private because we got dribblers DMing us going like, uh, you know, what's Bernard saying? Like, is Bernard doing anything on his socials? We can't see him. What's he doing? And we do we follow him? Yeah, real dot Bernard Tomic or real Bernard Tomic. Well, he's accepted. He's accepted me, so I'm in. Yeah, no, but you're in. He hasn't posted for three days. No, he's gone dark. Now, is that COVID? We don't know. Maybe he's gone. Fuck it. I need to go and get COVID just so this story has some legs. Again, if Bernard's serious about the comeback, then the content will continue. Content. Yeah, has to I continue. know. But there's there, there's something about a comeback being witnessed on your own shores, Tom. That that adds to it. Now they fuck off to like Europe and shit, and it's a bit. And he's also not on the ATP tour. He's got to go grind, literally, on the qualifying tournament, or maybe not even that. Maybe the level below that, like where people live in their cars and shit. I think I've told you that before. Yeah, he's got to go back to the very beginning, basically. Well, so was and he maybe just not ready for the bright lights of the Australian Open qualifiers yet on the comeback trail? Was it too much too soon? I think it might have been too much too soon. You've got to remember that the Australian Open qualifying is for people that don't sit inside the top 100, I think, off the top of my head. Maybe it's more than that. It's around that number. I think if you're in the top 100, it's automatic. Anyway, that's by the by. He's like 250th or something, 254. So he's a long way from that. And there's a lot of people that just sit outside that want to play the Australian Open, obviously, because they get shitloads of money. So the qualifying is not a walk in the fucking park. No. It's a big deal. And he clearly wasn't ready for the bright lights of, you know, the week before the Australian Open on courts that no one watches. You know, he wasn't ready for that. No. And that's disappointing. Well, he also, his game wasn't televised, to my knowledge. I tried to have it on. I tried to watch. I tried to sit there and, you know, cheer Bernie as I said I would. Well, was it on the Australian Open app or something? If that's what's required, then I'm not going to see it. They don't, what, you expected it to be on Channel 7 or Channel 9? Channel 9. Why the fuck wouldn't you? Bernie is box office, not because he's good, but because he's Bernie. I just don't, I think they've got like a single camera there, dude. No, they had like proper tennis coverage. Like I was watching bloody 
Because there were other Australians playing. So they showed everyone else, they just didn't show Bernie. Is that what you're telling me? I'm not saying they showed everyone else, but they. I'm pretty sure they showed other people, unless there's like other tournaments going on currently as well that I'm not aware well, of. Well, guess what, Tom? There is. Okay, well, there you go. That could be it. Sydney Open's on. That Melbourne like, had like a summer tournament last week. The Adelaide Open was on last week. That might be it. You know, uh, Kokonakis of Friends with Kyrgios of Has Been Injured fame had his own sort of comeback, which I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't touch on. He made the semifinals, lost to Garmon Fee, the big, powerful, exciting Frenchman. Okay, well, that tournament was on TV, not the Tomic one then. We were, again, I, I, I wasn't really believing you. But that's all right. You make mistakes and you live and you learn and yeah. you move on. Yeah, you but just a, I mean, just a gentle nod to Bernard. Thanks for those that submitted a wild card for Bernard. They're no longer necessary. Hmm. We were, we were excited think, to post him, but he got pumped. Well, there's well, just, no, there's, but, no, but we got it. We got him into qualifying, Tom. We yes. got him into qualifying. Um, we had a little cutout there, a technical glitch. I don't remember where the fuck we were at, sort of spiritually, emotionally. Who gives a shit? Um. Isn't it, like, wasn't it fantastic to see that Paul Kelly had decided because he's maybe one of the great cricket dribblers of all time? Certainly the most talented cricket dribbler of all time. Uh, you've obviously heard, and if you haven't, you're a fucking clown, his uh, seven-minute ode to the Don. Um, but he's written one about Usman Khawaja. Did you hear it? I haven't heard it, no. Oh, obviously heard he's run of the dawn. Yeah, well, let's see uh, if I can get it up here and play it on the old computer. Because it is fucking phenomenal. He is one of the great dribblers of all time. I mean, he fucking wrote a song about how to make gravy, for God's sake. Exactly, dude. This guy, he's, he's like... He's, like, what are you talking about? This guy is like the epitome of dribbler. He's our god. <laughs> I forgot about his gravy one. He's fucking made a song about gravy, a song about the Don, and now a song about yeah. Kawaja. Um, let me just play it here and see if it works yeah, for yeah. you. Kawaja loved the game of cricket since he was a boy. With his good friend Davy, it was their pride and joy. Kawaja. Took the train down to the SCG He said, Dave, one day we'll play there, you and me He loved his bat and ball and gloves He loved his batting pads He played a million weekend games In front of mums and dads Kawaja <laughs> Cricket lit a fire deep in his soul and every day he worked on his control. Usman Kawaja, soon he showed his grace. He knew how to... There you go. That's all he put up on Instagram. Now, like, that is obviously phenomenal, right? Like, I love that. But don't you it's reckon... Oh, so good. Don't you reckon that is something... Obviously not to Paul Kelly quality, right? But that is something that I could definitely see a bunch of gacked up dribblers at four in the morning coming up with around like a fire, you know, in the backyard well, on a bender. Well, Obviously not as eloquent, not as good, no. not musically as good, but like 
Kawaja. Like that. I'm like, that's that's dribblers around a fire. Well, you, Tom, and I, and our friend Hamish and our friend Jarch have a rich storied history of songwriting. Yeah. We've come up with many songs, some better than others, but some really, really strong. And I can see us working towards something like that. That is unattainable. Paul Kelly, a goat. Yes. That's widely acknowledged. That is fucking tremendous what he's produced. But I know where your head's at. I know where your heart's at. I know what you're suggesting, and I agree wholeheartedly. There is so much dribbler woven through that that it speaks to us all because we know that we we can come up with something in the same vein. In the same vein, sense. not as good. Um, this isn't about us comparing ourselves to the great Paul Kelly, but Paul, a great dribbler. Paul, one of the great dribblers. Obviously, a great well, connoisseur. Loves the Don. Loves Kawaja. Likes making dribbly songs. That's all we're saying. There's dribbler in that song. That's all it is. That's all we're saying. We're all, we're merely pointing out there's dribbler in that song, and dribblers can sing dribbly songs. Now, Paul can also, you know, write fucking. I mean. The Gravy song has a tremendous, like, story and, and sort of, like, like that song is about gravy, yes, but there's also a beautiful song in there. From Little Things, Big Things Grow. Like, he has amazing songs, but he also, and I appreciate him for this, dedicates his incredible talent to dribble. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't say I'm that f- about many, like, elite, elite fucking musicians who are like, oh, you know what, I'm actually just going to write a seven-minute song about Don Bradman. Well, because he's a man of the people, Tom. That's why he's so loved. He's a man of the people. Yeah. And he speaks fluent dribbler. And I just I just can't get enough of that song. I'm going to go listen to it again. It's so yeah. fucking good. I love that. I absolutely love that. On songwriting, on songs generally. Yep. Which we can speak to because we are elite. We were talking about I think it was off the back of the Barmy Army and how they come up with all these songs and stuff. And then my dad and I were talking about the rich storied history of Aussie, 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 oi, 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 mm. which in some certain situations like this, it can be appropriated as Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. But that. you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Dad was saying, is would there be some scope for the dribbler, the punter and the dribbler to come up with something new? Something that we could try to get off the ground. A new twist on an old classic. Well, potentially, not necessarily a, a, new, a new twist on an old classic, but something potentially that we could all get around. Maybe upstairs, or maybe in the room. Maybe upstairs, actually, L. But check there first. Keys for Elza. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do know what and you're I trying respected to say. Him. I respected him for the thought. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. I, much, I, like, much like, much like, da 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 has captured the hearts and minds of New South Welshmen everywhere. Yeah, which we didn't come up with, but we certainly no, have No, the Wiggles the, did. The Wiggles, the Wiggles did, did, but did. we've made it the the anthem for New South Wales. Does Australia need a new anthem, anthem of yeah. sorts? Yeah, I think I think Aussie, 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 oi, 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 is fine. It's fine. It's not, can we do better? Can, can we, we do, do better? better? That's, all we're, that's all we're sort of talking about. Is he, can he threw it out into the ether, and I thought, there might be something in that, old boy. There might well be something in that. Food for thought. Food, food for thought. And I guess now over to the hands of the punter and the dribbler to see what they can We leave it with, with them. We leave it with them. 
because God knows if you could, if if we, if you could push something to the masses, something that spoke to the masses, something that was that caught on, mm. you could literally tell your mates. I came up with that. I started that. I started that. Obviously, we'd take a lot of the credit because we fucking... push it out, but. We'd take all the credit because it wouldn't get out of your little insular world without our help. Yes. Makes sense. We're like Sony music producers. You know what I mean? We discovered it. Yeah. We can help you find the bright lights. Yeah. But only we know the way. We only, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have access to the bright lights. (laughs) And we can turn them off. Or on. Or on. Or off. We can turn them on or off. <laughs> I think you prefer them on. I think we all would. But if, you, if you're not careful, we'll turn them off. <laughs> uh, and I think, Eddie, that that's probably a nice place to leave this week's or this day's episode. Um, I don't know if Exciting. we're going to get too much more out of ourselves today. Have we, have we squeezed the lemon? I think we've squeezed as much as we can. I'm sitting here back on my fasting, back on my fucking health regime, sort of, but pounding a vape for breakfast, not a good, not a good, <coughs> not good. It's not good. It's left a weird feeling in my stomach. Like I don't feel nice doing it. I'm just trying to sip water. Like I'm sipping, trying to wash down the vape taste because it's like, well, there's no food in there, but. Just negating it, mate. Yin and yang, yeah. good and the bad. If we I to, get it. If we were to sit here and continue to talk, I would have 50,000 more puffs on this thing. And pre-brekkie is not a great decision for that, you know. It, yeah, I get you. We'll leave it there. We shall. Yeah, we shall. Yeah, to the pun of the jibber. Go on the big lift. Yep. I'll as be always. back next week. Yeah. So well, no. Yeah, next, next Thursday, you're back in studio. Is that correct? Yeah, but I'll be back next yeah. week. Not next episode, next week. Yes, next week. Um. So we can all look forward to that. We can all look forward to that. And lots of uh, punters and dribblers stiff at the uh, idea of young Jay Trees, Jay Money, Jarch from TikTok, which is a funny thing. Let's just say Jarchy from TikTok. Uh, Obviously, you loved his cameo last week. He's on for a podcast very soon. Yeah, he'll be on for a Thursday pod in the not-too-distant future. Uh, in the so NTDF um, so you'll get what you want because we give you what you want because we give you what you want yeah when you want it when you want it uh, when we want it as well uh, okay beautiful Edward always great to see your smiling face and I can't wait to see you again soon alright bye bye could you two just not talk anymore <laughs> <laughs>